Thanks for checking in on this podcast. You are about to hear an inspirational teaching from Caris Ministries. If God has used this ministry to bless you in any way, please take a moment and write to us at amenatcaris.org. We are always inspired and blessed to hear how God is blessing people all over the world through what he is doing here at Caris. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so online at caris.org so we can continue making podcasts such as this available free of charge. Father, teach us your ways. Reveal yourself to us. Lord, impart yourself into us. Transform our lives by the impartation of yourself through your word into our hearts. We thank you. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Amen. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob is to know God as the God of Abraham means to know him as God. The Father. To know him as the Father. Let's all say the Father. The Father. Say it again. The Father. Jesus said, no one has been to the Father except the one who is coming from the Father. Who knows what's in John 3.16? Gave his only begotten son. That, what did he give? What did he give? He's got a son. As soon as you hear the term father, you hear the term son, you're talking about family. God chooses to identify himself as a family God. That's why when he was calling Abraham to bless him, he started by telling him that, and I'll bless you and your seed. And he extended not only to Abraham. God always thinks family. And because of his interest in having a large family, he gave his only begotten son. Hello? It wasn't that he didn't know how to do family planning. He just he large, he likes a large family. <laughs> so, so, Bible says that, that Jesus Christ will become the firstborn among many brethren. God, one was not enough. He wanted a larger family. Ephesians 2.19, it talks about how we are all members of God's family, okay, or God's household. The other, another word translated God's family, uh, God's household is family. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 19, from my Bible, it says that, Now therefore you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and members, let's all say members. Members. Members of what? So God has a household, and we are all members of that household. We are members. So as soon as you become born again, you are enlisted into God's family. That's a serious thing to know. So you are, once you are born again, you are a member of God's own family. In John chapter 1, verse 12, it says, But as many as believed in him, what happened to them? What happened to them? He gave them the power to become what? The sons of God. All right, sons, sons, talking about family. So as soon as you believe, become God's family member. It's so important. Right. And then in Galatians chapter 4, verse 5, he says that, and because you are sons, God has sent for, for the spirit of his son into our hearts, which Christ, Abba Father. Galatians chapter 4, verse 
5. Let's go 5. Verse, verse 5 talks about to redeem those who were under the, the law that we might receive adoption as sons. So Jesus Christ came to be born and to die so that we might receive adoption as sons. Okay. What does adoption mean? When someone is adopted into a family, that means the person is a member of the family but was not originally born into the family. So originally, you and I were not God's family members. We are not in God's family. Because of Christ, we have been adopted. Now we are full-blown members of his family. That we might receive adoption as sons. Watch this. And then he said, and because ye are sons, God has sent for the spirit of his son into your heart, which Christ, Abba, Father. He calls God Father. So we have that intimate relationship with God. We call him Father. Because we are sons. Hallelujah. So tell someone we are family. Say to another person, we are family. It's very important. Every Christian is your family member. Every Christian is your family member. When I got born again, this is one of the things I understood very early. I placed premium of the Christian family. Doesn't mean my natural family is not important. It's also always important. But there is something about Christian family which surpasses a natural family life. You need a natural family because you need a bloodline. They have to trace you. But it ends with your natural life. That's why Jesus said, in heaven there shall be no marriage. All right, so when we all resurrect, you say, oh, that's my sister, that's my brother, oh, that's my uncle. I mean, somebody you know in your family is, may, may be likely to be in hell. So does that mean you'll be mourning? No, you, you won't feel it. You won't feel it. You are married and your husband and your wife is not born again and you are born again. You go to heaven, they'll go to hell. All right, and you won't feel it. Oh, no, no. There's no more sorrow. There's no sorrow. But we, we, we all assemble in, before God as God's family. Suddenly, the reality of this heavenly lifestyle, this heavenly family life will dawn on you. And nothing matters again but Christ who is the center and we are all one with him. So we are called the new Jerusalem. We are the body of Christ. We are one body. It's so important. Praise the Lord. The church is a few things that we must understand. Let me tell you what the church is not. The church is not just an organization. Okay, it's not just an organization. People, what's the difference? What's an organization? An organization is bringing assembly of different parts. And when we even talk about the church being a body, the body of Christ, not like it is when you say maybe a body of lawyers have come together, or a body of surgeons have met together, a body of teachers. No, that that is not. Those are individual entities coming. When we talk about a body, your body, if they inject something into your finger. It affects your eye. <laughs> so that's why Paul said, the eye cannot tell, say to the ear, I don't need you. <laughs> it's something I said, anyway, it's my ear. It doesn't matter. My eye will be fine. My, my eye can be bothered. The eye will be crying when the ear is affected. Even the toe is affected. That's what I, when we talk about the, the body of Christ. Now, the, so the church, first of all, is not an an organization. There's an organizational aspect of it because we have to be organized. We sit down with it. But fundamentally, the church is not an organization. It is an organism. 
is an organism. Organ. Let's all say the church is an organism. What's the difference between an organization and an organism? An organization and an organism. Organization is the assembly of different parts, individual parts together to form one unit. Whilst an organ, organism is the growing of unit, one, one life which grows. So one shared life in an organism. So our union, my connection with you, your connection with that brother, your connect is an organic connection. It's organic. It's not just something just superficial on the surface. It's actual organic. We share one life. We have an organic union with Christ Jesus. Shout hallelujah. hallelujah. Does that make sense? Yeah. The life that flows through Christ is the life that is flowing through us. Would you say hallelujah to that? Hallelujah. Praise God. All right, so it's very important you understand that we share one life. The church is not, secondly, the church is not a business. It's a body. <laughs> it's not a business to be run with, by business principles. That's why when you come to church, you don't see the leaders as, they are not chief executives. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11. Ephesians chapter 4, it says that when he ascended on high, he gave, he led captivity captive and gave gifts to men. All right, to some he gave apostles, he gave apostles, some he gave prophets, other gifts, some he gave apostles, he gave apostles, prophets, evangelists, teaching pastors. Nothing else. He didn't even give doctor. He didn't give bishop. He didn't give the fundamental positions in church as a body. Yeah. Whatever you are in church leadership, it must be one of these because that's what Jesus gave. So the church is not a business, it's a body. So you are, you are, you are a successful business executive. It doesn't mean you can be a good pastor. <laughs> Some people are doing well in their business and they look at maybe Pastor Charles, ah, this guy is, is I know him, my, my business is doing better. And they look, they look at their social status. And social standing, so long as business achievement is concerned, and they look at maybe Pastor Charles or Pastor Philip, Pastor Charles or Pastor David, a business guy, where, where, I have MBA. So they think that if they are doing it, then we can also, <laughs> they go and call one or two business associates. You know, let's, let's team up. They go and get a loan from the bank to start a church. You are going to hell. I'm telling you, it doesn't work. <laughs> it doesn't work like that. The church is not a business, it's a body. It's a body. I, I learned something. So first of all, the church is not an organization. It's an o organism. It's an organism. But that, that's just for you to know. So the church is a body. Let's say the church is a body. The church is a flock. Say it's a flock. Can you imagine? It's not an insult when the Bible says that you are sheep. <laughs> it's not an insult. It says that feed my sheep. Feed my lamb. In, uh, in Acts chapter 20, 20 years, when he gathered the elders of the church, he said, say to the, the shepherds, the, the pastors, that they should feed the sheep. They should care. The Greek word, poimen. That's the way we get the word pastor from. Pastor the, the sheep. Which God has purchased with his own blood, the church. Jesus bought the church with his blood. It's a serious one, isn't it? The church is a body, so it's run by ministries. Okay? Ministries, not necessarily business offices of associates, ministries. Because 
you see, when there is a problem on the leg, the signals will be sent to the brain. If there's a cut, blood will flow there already, and the blood will begin to clot to help protect the body, and so many things. So, so it, it, it's, it thrives on ministry. So min, what are ministries? You have various abilities that God will use to build his body. So anyone who, who doesn't do anything in, in church, in the body of Christ, you, you are really not. You know, when your nail gets to a place, you can cut it off. Because not doing <laughs> And you don't feel it when you are cutting. You are in church. And is it possible that heaven, when heaven looks, you look like an unwanted. Did <laughs> you see what I'm saying? It's serious. And some people. And they, 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 their attitude towards the things of church, the things of God, is like they are doing the church a favor. I'm doing the pastor a favor. He just should be calling me every day and clapping for me. Oh, you don't, you don't. <laughs> the church is a body, so it requires ministries. The church is a flock, so it requires pastors to take care of it, not experts, pastors. So listen, if you are here, and you are submitting to any, you are in any department, humble yourself, submit to the leader there. He's a representative of the pastors. The person may be your subordinate at work, but humble yourself. Don't bring your job to church. Do you understand what I'm saying? Don't bring it to, it's like you go to the hospital and then they want to attend to you. Say, don't, know, don't you know I'm a computer analyst? <laughs> Why you are sick? <laughs> yeah, that's why I'm, I'm a computer analyst. I have a lot of computer knowledge. <laughs> you, will you do that at the hospital? No. Even when you go to Tesco, you won't do that. No. You won't do that. You say, I'm a, I'm a medical doctor. So let's, I, won't, I can't join the queue. I <laughs> 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 have to go straight to the two. Hey, everybody, self-service. Stay outside. A medical doctor has come. <laughs> but when you come to church, ushers can't even show you where to sit. Because of that little job you have got. And you're not even the company owner. The job, you'll be employed. Uh, <laughs> or your company, you have a little company. And doesn't even employ more than 1,000 people. <laughs> and yet you want to take a whole role in a church because a chief executive have come to church. You see how, what stops people from receiving the blessings of God the way they should? So, if you were God, it would require a lot of mercy to be dealing with the church, isn't it? Yes. Because we all have a lot of things. Our flesh, will every, every now and then, the flesh slips out. <laughs> the flesh slips out. It's like um, sugar in your pocket. Oh, so if there's a sand in your pocket, if there's a little hole, by the time you realize the thing is... So when you, what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to sow the holes so that... Then we can suck it out of your <laughs> Because every now and then, yourself is getting in the way of your blessing. Are, are you happy you came to church tonight? Yes. This has been my secret, and it's, it's helping me in life. Mm. I'm telling you, when I sleep, I have peace. I'm not afraid of tomorrow. I'm not afraid of any threats in life. 
because God has committed himself to me and I'm living for him, your life will be better. Amen. No demon will ever have any advantage over your life. You see what God will do in your children's life. So the church is a body, is a, is a, and it's a fellowship. Say fellowship. fellowship. That's what the church is. So you, it's good to know what the church is. So when you are coming to church, you know you are coming to a body. You are part of a body. You are part of a fellowship. You have a, it's a fellowship. That's why harmony, okay, that's why harmony and unity is essential. Because without harmony and unity, a fellowship can't stand. And I suppose you should know by now, the greatest threat to a fellowship or to harmony and unity, one of the greatest threat to harmony and unity is gossip. Someone say, hey. Look at the one sitting beside you. Maybe I'm talking to the person. <laughs> Pride, anger, arrogance, Gossip. These are things that come naturally to you. They come naturally to us. And depending on who raised you, where you were raised, and your temperament, one of them will be stronger. You know what I'm talking about. So everyone has the propensity to be proud to their heads. So every now and then you have to check yourself and remember you, 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 it's just by grace. Just by grace. This job is because of grace. And be thankful to God. Where you live is because of grace. Even that, the fact that you can walk is because of grace. I was listening to uh, Bishop Oyedi Papa when I was coming, and he made a statement about gratitude. It's when you are grateful, it will make you great in life. He said, he found out one, some time ago, years ago, he said he found out that there was someone who was born on the same day he was born. But the person didn't make it out of hospital. No, he died. He became an experiment because of the complexity of the person. Didn't even live to as long as it should. And so if you are alive, it's just grace. You understand that? So we have the propensity to be proud and all that. But in church too, because we are a family and a, a community, all right, and a fellowship, sometimes you notice things about people who you may not have the chance to talk about, but you may be unnecessarily interested. <laughs> you understand what I'm and then someone begins to draw your attention. Because of your unnecessary interest, you will lend an ear to the person. And then by the time you realize you are encouraging because some people to anointing is to talk up, find something and talk about other people. But they will. They will. They can look at you and say, ah. haven't you seen what is going on? That sister, you just look at the way she's been praising God nowadays. I think she's got another job. But it's like, you're, you're wondering. And then they'll tell you, no, haven't you seen she's changed her hair again? Oh, so why are you behaving like you don't know what I'm talking about? And some, some people here, three hours ago, two hours ago, you were talking about somebody in a way you shouldn't have. And you are sitting here, behaving like you are, you don't know what I'm talking You know what I'm talking about. God sent me to you. <laughs> Shout mercy. 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 All right, it's, it's necessary. Gossip spoils our fellowship. Gossip is not brotherly. 
Gossip is not brotherly. And some of us have become so super spiritual. We know everything about it, and then we cover it by, oh, let's pray. I'm just sharing with you so we will pray. Please, let's. Uh, I'm just right to put it in the box. <laughs> I'm sharing it for, for us to pray. Just, just so you know what is going on. Just so you know what is going on. Someone went to somebody. He said, ah, I know the way things are going. You will get to hear about this, so I might as well come and tell you. <laughs> this lady's husband went to this man. And went to the, so I just want you to know. A, a certain sister can tell you, can tell the husband. Or can tell the brother, me, I don't like this lady, the way he looks at me. I said, ah, how did he look at you? We were all walking when she looked at us. So you didn't see it. <laughs> the things they can see. Ah, it's not true. It's true, eh? Yes. And they will talk about it. So suddenly they prepare your mind. Some of the things that some of them can say is amazing. Church is a fellowship. Listen, if someone is telling you something about somebody, Tell the person you want to go and read your Bible. <laughs> so fellowship is number one. Four. Church is a family. The next one. Church is a family. When God likes to describe himself as the God the Father. It's very important to understand that. Uh, Pastor Charles, look at how Jesus put it. In the book of Mark chapter 3, very nice text. Let's all look at it. Mark chapter 3, verse 32. Mark chapter 3, verse 32. Mark chapter 3, verse 32, it says that, uh, from verse 31 makes sense. Then his brothers, that's talking about Jesus, so his brothers and his mother came, standing outside, they sent to him, and standing outside, they sent to him, calling him. Can you imagine? Like I'm teaching. Eh? I'm, like, look at the way I'm teaching. Then I get a message that my brother and my mother, they are standing there calling me. <laughs> Family is a blessing, you know. Family can have access to you in a way that others don't. The Bible says that. Then his brothers and his mother, hey. Uh, then his brothers and his mother came. And standing out, they didn't enter the meeting. They were standing outside. sent to him, calling him. And the multitude, can you imagine, was sitting around him. When he was teaching like multitude, the mother of Brothers were standing outside. They call you, hey, bro. I think. <laughs> and, they said, and they said to him, Look, your mother and your brothers are outside seeking you. But he answered and said, Who is my mother and my brothers? And he looked around in a circle at those who sat around him and said, Here are my mother and my brothers. Verse 35. For whoever does the will of God is my brother and my sister and my mother. It gets to a certain stage when it comes to your work with God that the priority is what God is doing. And the people God has put around you to achieve to, for his purpose. Doesn't mean natural relationships are not important. They are always important. Natural is just like natural Israel and the spiritual Israel church. The church as the Israel cannot replace the natural Israel. But what God is doing, 
His, his, his target and his focus, when we get to heaven, his focus has always been the people he's raising. So the church is a combination of both natural Israel and natural Gentiles to come together to form a spiritual Israel who are going to eventually become the bride of Christ and the new Jerusalem. Hallelujah. Did you see? So when you talk about eternity, is the in Christness that matters. So then, it matters how you treat people who are also in Christ with you. Are you getting what I'm saying? You value the spiritual family. The church is a family. The church is a family. Tell someone this is a family thing. The church is a family. The church is a family. We are a family. And because we are a family, what are we supposed to do? Um, Let me just give you just two. Number one, to keep our family life going properly. Number one, love. Someone say love. 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 Matthew chapter 22, verse 36. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment of the law? Verse 36, verse 37. Jesus said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and the, and the greatest commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. So love, say love. love. Say love. love. The first one said, Love the Lord your God with all, with all your heart, your soul, and your mind. All. All. I know people who have become Christians and have been disowned by natural family because they want to just be, they want to walk with God. And some of you have had experiences with natural family or old time friends who are saying, ah, now you are at church, so you don't want to drink with us. Now you are at church, so you are not. And they, 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 they treat you. I had Bishop had to post something this evening when I was listening to him. It was a blessing. He said, if everybody is your friend, you are very foolish. Because depending on where you are going, some people cannot be your friend. You may not have problems with them. You may not disagree with them. Or you may not sit down and not dislike them. But because of your persuasion, they, they can't fit into your life. He made a statement. He said you go to church and you go back home and someone who is living with you is always attacking and saying, hey, this church thing, this Bible, they are deceiving you. And you are accommodated. He said, sack him from your house. <laughs> sack him from your house. <laughs> and so we are, we are family. We are all, it's my brother, it's my sister. So, and watch where you are going in life. You can say this person is taking you away from there. And he also is my brother. And my, it's just like you are traveling. You get to the airport. This flight is going from Terminal 1. This other flight is going from Terminal 2. And your flight is Terminal 2. And because of your friend, have you realized that when you even get to the airport every now and then, even if you are having a conversation, you have to keep your ears alert. Because the one who is conversing with you, maybe his flight is in an hour's time. (laughs) 
You are waiting for the announcement of the gate. We are friends. We are, oh, we are. And you've forgotten about yourself. Later on, he will join his flight. He will take off. And you have missed your flight. May you not miss any destiny flight. I said, may you not miss any destiny flight. Shout a living hallelujah. So it's important to understand that, that, that natural family is important, but spiritual family carries some serious weight. First of all, he said, love the Lord your God. So it starts with your love for God. Say love for God. Listen, don't be deceived. You cannot love anybody the way you should if you don't love God the way you should. So let's get this thing in proper perspective. No, it's about, oh, it's love. It's love. Love, what love? What kind of love? First of all, it's the love for God. <laughs> Tell you the truth. It's the love for God. He said, how can you say you love God but you hate the one you can the God who you can't see in First John chapter four he said it's verse seventy eighteen nineteen he said the, the one the God you cannot see you say you love but the man you can see you, you hate so he said you cannot hate people and love God that means that when you love God it it manifests in the way you love people but when you when you love people you can love some and hate others. And you can love people and hate God anyway. And eventually, you, well, you, if you say you love people and hate, hate God, or, actually it's not people you love. You love them because of ABC. And that's because of your personal interest. So, invariably, it's yourself you love. It's not people you love. Even when someone says, I love you, I want to marry you, I will do anything for you. I will do anything for you. And then the person says, oh, you know, I've got HIV. <laughs> he said, you know what? I really love you. <laughs> but I'll, I'll, I'll call you later. <laughs> I'll call you later. You know what I'm talking about? There's human beings. I heard TDJ say something years ago. He said, when you are not well, people will come. When maybe you are in hospital, they admit you in hospital or something, people will come. The Christian man said, No, the devil is a liar. He said, The devil will be a liar for two weeks. <laughs> if you stay in the hospital longer than that, the same people, you won't see them. <laughs> and if you don't have the love of God in your heart, you, you will find it difficult to relate with them properly. So say, Love. love. Listen, what I'm trying to tell you is we are a family. It is wrong for us to be coming to church. You know someone has need and you don't care. It's a big disgrace. In Ephesians chapter, chapter 1 verse 15, it said, Therefore, when I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and your love for the saints, they go together. Faith in Christ, faith in Jesus will always translate into love for the saints. I mean, I love God, but I just I can't stand some of these church folks. You are a liar. You don't actually love God. And you don't have faith in God. I mean, half of church people, they are all hypocrites. You are the biggest of all of them. Because if you say they are all hypocrites and you can't stand them, that means that you yourself, because if you love God, it's easy. Have you noticed that when you are born again, the closer you get to God, the more you like people who are Christians. There's something. It's a family thing. 
is and it's in the heart. Romans chapter 5, verse 5. It says that the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. Amen. So it doesn't come from you. You go, you don't have it. When you're born, the Holy Ghost puts it inside you. The love, Romans 5, 5. Did I say that? Romans 5, 5. The love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. You are in debt if you are born again. You are in debt. Sister, my credit card is in your pocket. Or that credit card in your pocket, you are making the payment to me. I am the lender. Romans chapter 13. Verse 7. Is it okay if we all read it together? Let's read verse 7. Render therefore to all their dues. Tax to whom tax is due. Customs to whom customs, fear to whom fear, honor to whom honor. All right, so he's telling you, everyone's you give it to them. All right, let's go to the next verse. Oh, no one, nothing except to love one another. Did you see that? For, for he who loves another has fulfilled the law. He said, Oh, no one, nothing except what? Oh, except what? No. Oh, no one, nothing. Let's all say that together. Oh, no one, nothing. Oh, no one, anything. Okay. Oh, no one, anything except to love one another. Except to love one another. Oh, no one, anything. Those of you who like borrowing money and you don't pay, say, oh, no one, anything. I don't even see why you should borrow money from your church sister and not pay. It's bad. It's bad because oh, we are all sisters. We are, we are all sisters. You went to pluck the money from a tree, eh? And you know, the Bible, Bible said that do not defraud one another. Some people, they, they are in church. And the reason why they are in church is to take advantage of some people. Because they, want, they want to come and do business. They want to come and sell hair. Or come and sell. <laughs> come and, come and um, um, cook. And after church, they open a canteen to be doing business. Hey, church, what did I say? Church is a body, not a business. All right, so church, okay, is a family. And it family operates on love. It's very important. He said, Oh, no one, nothing except love. So the one you are sitting near, you owe the person. That's why I said credit card is in your pocket. That's what I mean. You see, you, you owe me love. I owe you love. It's not like, okay, if I like. I don't have a choice. I don't have a choice but to love you, whether you, you are lovable or you are not lovable, whether you reciprocate or not. I. That's not your business, my business. So long as my work with God is concerned, is to love you. Yeah. That's as simple as that. And then love is not in words. Look at Jesus said in the book of John, chapter 13, verse 34 and 35. A new commandment I give to you that you love one another. Say, love one another. Love one another. And you know, He showed us how we should love. How did he say we should love? As I have loved you. The way I have loved you, he said you to love, the, love one another. So this is how I love. The way you know I've loved you, that's how you love others. 
First John 3.16, that's a powerful scripture. First John 3.16, it talks about how we should love one people the way Jesus loved us and gave himself to us. He gave us an example. First John 3.16. It's easy to remember, isn't it? All right, so let me finish this thing. So uh, what was I reading? Uh, John chapter 13, verse what? 34. Are you there? 34. A new commandment I give you, that you love one another, as I have loved you, that you also love one another. Verse 35. Oh, let's all read verse 35 together. Are you ready? Let's read it too. Let's read from your Bible. Let's go. Verse 35. Let's go. By this, all men know that you are my disciples. If you have love, one for another. Did you see that? So this is how men will know you are actually, you are, you are church folks. If, if you, I, I, when church, church people are tearing one another down in the eyes of outsiders, they are listening to you, but they know you are hypocrites. Jesus said, by this, all men will know you are my disciples when you have love one for another. So they come and they look at the way, ah, look at this guy. Is he not the one who, the other time you gave him the money and after finished eating, he insulted you. And today in this money, you are giving him again. They, they are watching it. And they can see the relation. They can see forgiveness is flowing like no man's business. They can see care. They can see protection. They can see cover. We are covering one another. We are caring for one another. We, you can see, you go to the shop, you are doing full shopping. They say, buy one, get one free. Oh, and you bought it, and you have the other ones, other one in mind. Meanwhile, some people, they say, buy one, get one free. They will buy about four. They don't need it. They will keep it, go buy they will throw it away, instead of going to give it to somebody. It's, I think it's criminal, it's, dis, it's a disgrace, for someone to be in our midst, not to know what, not to have, not know what is going to eat after a service like this. It's a crime against our family life. That someone will come to church and doesn't even know how he's going to go home and doesn't know how he's going to pay his rent next week. And it's not that, not that he has been, that some people, they are responsible. They'll go and buy, go and buy a bedroom house. <laughs> they don't know how they are going to pay it. And they want everybody to gather and pay for them. No, I think. But you understand what I'm talking about? Some, some basic stuff. No, are you getting what I'm saying? <laughs> Bible says care for one another. Love one another. In the New Testament, there are about 58 one another's. Because the church life is a one another life. It affects you, it affects me. Bless one another. It's so, it, it touches my heart when I hear that someone, oh, pastor, someone bless me with this. Some of us, uh, you, I'm talking about this kind of handkerchief, eh? You have all kinds. Different colors. And you are still buying them. <laughs> Collections. You have seen one suit you buy one day and you combine. Why? You can bless somebody. That necklace that you haven't worn, it's likely God is telling you, bring it to that sister sitting near you. We are a family. Yeah, yeah. Stop making this noise, God of Abraham. <laughs> it's important. But now let's bring it down. He's our father. The God of Abraham is a father. And so we are his offspring. So why, why don't you let him use you? So that maybe this prayer this brother has been praying about, the answer is in you. Hey. God has, because he's the father, he has packaged the answer in you. 
But you have blocked it. You are asking for more. God, this one you haven't done enough. Get this one. Get this one. And it's interesting when God speaks to you the way you know he's trying to tell you something about somebody. Because some things you know it's not a coincidence. It's not a coincidence. You saw the brother's glasses break. And for a whole three months, he hasn't been able to wear any. Let me put in a disclaimer here. Don't manipulate people by trying to make yourself look, look sorry. It's robbery. A man can receive nothing except to be given to him from above. Look up to God. Don't look up to men. Why are you upset with someone because he didn't help you? Why? Did he give it to you? Change you know what I'm saying. Look up to God and stop being like a beggar. Don't chip in the grace on your life. Do you get what I'm saying? We are faith people. It's God who supplies our needs. It's God who takes care of us. So stop hijacking people and say no one even, even caring. Look at it. And you, you intentionally are now intentionally spoiling their shoe. So that someone, yeah. So what, some, you know the watch is virtually gone. You know the watch is virtually gone. You know this one, you bought it from Woolwich, five pounds. And it's virtually gone. Because you want someone to feel responsible for a new watch because of a pastor. You are praise night, praise night. Oh God. And then the watch, everything breaks down. And then you are looking at people. Oh. Because you are timing somebody's watch. (laughs) Are you getting what I'm saying? Listen. In effect, this disclaimer, what I'm trying to say is, learn how to trust God for your needs. Hallelujah. Trust God. Help, man cannot help you. Man cannot help you. Learn how to trust God. But as you are trusting God for your needs, don't ignore the needs of others you see around you. That's what I'm saying. The hand that always gives will always receive from God. Do you understand that? Don't do that. Don't relate to people based on their looks. Don't relate to people based on their salary, their salary level. Don't do that. You, it's an insult to your help, uh, your helper. If you do that, you are insulting God that God, you can't help me. But relate with everybody nice. Don't be partial. Be nice, love everybody. Look out for how you can be a help to somebody. Even when you are in need, just still look out for how you can be a help to somebody. And it will shock you how God will provide for you. Shout hallelujah! Well, that's the Christian life. The church life is a one another life. It's a love life. It's a forgiveness life. If you can't forgive people, you might as well stop coming to church. Because you'll be wasting your time. God will forgive you when you pray. When you give offering, it won't work. Oh yeah, it's in the Bible, read the Bible. When you give offerings, it won't work. And because you are harboring, he said when you stand praying, forgive. Mark eleven twenty-five. He said when you stand praying, forgive. So that your heavenly father will regard your prayer. It's not one bless. Put your hands together for Jesus. Shout hallelujah. If you are not saved, you are not safe. Because life is dangerous. Life is not under your command. I 
don't see why I should end this service without giving you an opportunity to say, yes, Lord, pastor, pray with me because I want to have this bread. It means I want to put all my confidence in him, all my hope in him. I want to give my life to Jesus. If that is your genuine desire, just lift up your hand and say this after me. Say it genuinely from your heart. Say, Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. I've sinned against you. I ask you to forgive my sins. Wash me with your blood. Thank you, Lord, for dying on the cross to save me. From today, I will serve you. I believe in you. I put all my hope in you. I put my faith in you as my Lord and personal Savior. I receive you into my life. I make a vow with you that I will serve you all the days of my life. Satan, get behind me. I don't belong to you. I belong to Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for saving me. In Jesus' name. Father, I thank you. Your word says that you know your sheep and your sheep know your voice. No one can come to you except your father brings him. I pray that let your grace be upon them. Help them to be strong. I pray that the grace of God will come upon you. The power of the Holy Spirit will come upon you and help you to be a strong Christian. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Thank you for listening. For more resources, please visit caris.org or call us on 0207-740-9960. God bless you.